0: And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by G3. You've got grain to sell? We're buying. G3 grain elevators in Saskatchewan are open for business and want to buy your grain. Find a G3 grain elevator near you today at g3smarter.ca. Today we take a look at the recycling of grain bags and plastic pesticide containers across Saskatchewan. FCC provides $150,000 to Regina Charities. The Real Agriculture program looks at seeding issues on the farm. A specialist talks about some weed problems and we have a look at the crop report out of Manitoba and a comprehensive look at cattle markets. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Candiac Auction Mart. To consign your cattle, call them today at four two four. Twenty-nine sixty-seven and Canadian Hail Agencies, providing you hail insurance for 25 years. Contact your broker today to see why Canadian Hail Adjusters are voted the best in the industry. Canadian farmers are recycling more empty pesticide and fertilizer containers as well as grain bags. Clean Farms is a non-profit stewardship organization funded by various companies in the crop protection business. General Manager Barry Friesen says the typical item being recycled is a 10-litre plastic fertilizer or pesticide container.
1: We collected 5.5 million of those containers across the country, of which about 40% are in Saskatchewan alone. Since the program began in 1989, there's been over, uh, I think, over 130 million containers. And to put that in perspective, how much is 130 million 10-litre containers? If you laid them end-to-end, across the Trans-Canada Highway, from St. John's, Newfoundland, to Victoria, BC, and back, you could do that three times. That plastic, by recycling it, it is not filling our landfills, it's not being burnt, and uh, the toxins going to the open air, it's not being littered in the countryside. So we've recycled all of those since 1989.
0: Friesen says grain bag recycling in Saskatchewan is also a big success.
1: That went very well. Uh, last year was the second year of our program. And uh, we were very pleased to see that uh, we had a tremendous increase in recycling. There was over 2,000 tons of the material, and we had a 40% increase last year over the previous year of the the grain bags. It was a tremendously well-supported program, 44% to be exact. Those materials have all been recycled into new plastic products right here in North America.
0: Friesen explains where the plastic is recycled.
1: We have one main recycler in the United States, in Arkansas, and a couple in Alberta right now. And we are getting inquiries almost every day about new plants that are looking at our material and looking at these materials and wanting to do, uh, recycle them as well. So we're very pleased that uh, things are changing. We're getting more and more recycling facilities. And for us, we want them as close to home as
0: possible. For reasons says China used to be an important market for recycling plastic. In fact,
1: over 50% of the world's waste plastic used to go to China. And two and a half years ago, China said no more because they were getting a lot of Some good plastic, but a lot of really dirty plastic and a lot of garbage, and people were guilty of sending those. We never sent anything to China. However, we were sending uh, some of our plastic to other overseas markets. Some of the grain bags and during our pilots and the like was going to Malaysia and Vietnam. But you know what? Really... China stopping this has been, a, in my view, a gift to North America and that rather than exporting these things to other countries, we're able to develop the infrastructure and keep the jobs here at home and make new plastic products out of it. And the ultimate goal is to make a new product out of the old product as well. And so we're getting closer and closer to those ends.
0: Friesen says the plastic bags are made into pellets and new bags. Currently, the plastic bags are
1: going to a couple of different things. They shred them, they wash them, they pelletize them into little plastic pellets that goes in new products. Our uh, U.S.-based recycler, they make new plastic bags out of it. Not a grain bag, but another type of you know, a garbage bag or a recycling bag that people would use. Our two plants in Alberta are going to a number of uh, different locations. One is actually working with one of the grain bag manufacturers to see if they can go right back into new agricultural film products.
0: Friesen says COVID-19 is having limited effect on recycling.
1: Almost everything is going full-scale ahead as planned with the exception of one thing. We do have one program. We collect seed and pesticide bags. In Ontario, Quebec, in the Maritimes, and we were to do a big scale. There was over 200 locations in the Prairies where we were going to collect them. We were asked to put that on postponement for one year. So we're going to start up again next year. But that's the only hiccup that we had. And it was going to be a pilot program, but almost a full-scale pilot this this year. And that was just a one-year delay. So watch for that. And next year we'll be collecting seed and pesticide bags at almost all ag retailers.
0: Barry Friesen is the general manager of Clean Farms. The organization coordinated the collection of 5.5 million smaller containers last year. There were also over 55,000 bulk drums and totes, ranging in size from 23 litres to 1,000 litres. In addition, 2,256 metric tonnes of used grain bags were recycled in Saskatchewan last year, an increase of 44%. This segment is brought to you by the Canadian Canola Growers Association, helping farmers succeed for over 35 years. Visit ccga.ca to learn more. And brought to you by Salford Group. Get the best price on new Salford equipment before July 3rd. Call your Salford equipment dealer or visit salfordgroup.com. Farm Credit Canada is providing $150,000 to over a dozen community projects in Regina. The Manager of Community Investment at FCC, Carla Warnica, As the annual funds are designed to enhance projects like community gardens, outreach centres, and recreation facilities.
2: The need certainly is high, and perhaps now more than ever, and every year we supply $150,000 to community groups across the city to help them out with um, various projects they're, they're undertaking to improve the lives of people in our community. So this year, more than ever, I'd say the need is certainly high, and we're really proud to be partnering with 15 different community groups this year.
3: What is the criteria for applying or for picking these groups?
2: It's really about um, things that they're doing to impact the lives of people in Regina. You know, if they're a Regina-based group and they're doing something to make lives better for the citizens of our city, that's a big part of it. There's also eligibility criteria on our website if people want to look into all the various things that they might be doing that would make them eligible for the fund. Why
3: Regina? Why Regina?
2: Well, we've got over 900 employees living and working in the city, so we really feel it's important to give back to a place where we have so many people living and working.
3: Outline some of the projects for me.
2: We've got a few, oh, so many great ones again this year. Um, we've, Like I said, we're doing 15 different organizations this year. One example is Souls Harbour. We're purchasing a van to pick up and distribute food. Uh, The ALS Society, we've purchased equipment and communications devices for them. And Regina Minor Football is another example. We're helping them install a clock and video scoreboard at Libel Field. So the projects really run the gamut.
3: Tell me a little bit about other projects, though, that you do in terms of the whole nation. Like, you also provide support across rural Canada. Refresh my memory there.
2: We do, Jim. We're an agriculture lender, so we also have something called the FCC Agri-Spirit Fund, where we give $1.5 million away annually to capital projects that improve the, um, the lives of, in rural communities.
0: The program application reopens next
3: January. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source, 620 CKRM.
4: This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I'm joined right now by Mark Uslander. He is the Senior Research Manager in the Herbicide Group at BSF Canada. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Very well, Sean. Great to chat with you a lot of times we focus on planter or cedar mistakes and those showing up the rest of the season but you know if, if we make some mistakes and have some mishaps in terms of cleaning out our tank properly when we're spraying some of those mistakes can show up the rest of the season as well it's it's critical to do this properly
5: no you're, you're absolutely right son. uh if we have a a, a mistake in our tank clean out it can be fatal i mean it, we, we can kill our plants Um, You know, And if we're lucky and don't kill them, we can have growth effects that last uh, throughout the season. So it's absolutely critical we develop good tank cleaning procedures to prevent any mishaps uh, in the field through our spraying
4: season. Okay, so what are those things that we need to do to make sure that we don't have tank contamination?
5: Well, there's a number of steps, and it starts with the product you're spraying. And uh, the focus of the demonstration at Farm and Smarter is when we transition from our pre-seed products to our post-emergent. Uh, we have a number of pre-seed products we're using uh, nowadays to control weeds, including resistant weeds. We're using different tank mixes, and often we're spraying several thousand acres of this product. You know, could be over a week, could be even over a two-week period. And with the volume we're putting through, uh, they'll build up over time. So one of the things you want to do is when we're out there spraying, at the end of the day, we want to leave the chemical in the field. It's a good practice to spray out the tank before we park it for the night and then throw a little bit of water in there to help, they, help stop uh, the product from drying and building up to our tank. Then the next day we can top off our tank again and then, and then go spray. So that's the first step, leave the chemical in the field uh, where it belongs. Uh, when we're switching from one product to another or from one crop to another, that's where we wanna be a lot more careful and cautious and develop a good tank mix procedure. So again, we wanna drain that tank thoroughly, leave the product in the field, we, and then we want to do our our triple cleanout. Start with our rinse uh, water. Water is sufficient in the first one. We're going to throw you know maybe a quarter of a tank a quarter of the tank volume of water into the, into the sprayer, slosh it around, and, and try to get as much product as as we can. Step two is probably the most critical. That's our our ready our, our cleaning procedure um different products require different cleaning cleaning agents there's already three there's your commercial grade tank cleaner with detergents there's water and then there's uh ammonia water or possibly chlorine bleach which are the common ones i'd refer to your your, uh, herbicide label for what the manufacturer recommends if it's not written on the label i would probably just recommend using a commercial detergent based tank cleaner so what you want to do is you want to fill your tank full Add your cleaner and then run it through your your pump, your booms, and then here's the critical step: you got to leave it sit. And, and I've been reading through some of the publications on tank clean out and very few uh, have this step, which I think is critical. and And, that, and that's the time you got to leave that tank cleaner in the tank uh recommend it eight hours overnight, so at the end of the day, if you're going to add, you know, do your tank, clean up, add it to your tank, let it sit in your tank and booms overnight and give it time to pull that chemical out. Then in the morning, you, you can run it through your booms again, clean all your screens and filters, you know, empty your tank. And then your, fine, your final rinse is just water. So you want to do one more, you know, one more rinse with water, again, maybe, maybe a quarter of a tank of water, run that through all your screens, your nozzles, through your booms, and then rinse. And if we follow those steps, you know, carefully and we're looking for all the, the key areas where herbicides can build up, you know, in the filters on the screens, end of the booms, uh, we shouldn't run into any issues when we go apply our post-emerging chemicals on a sensitive crop like, you know, field teas or, or canola.
4: Yeah, I think, I think the time step, especially if somebody has to switch products midday on a good spray day, you know, they, they, they don't have that overnight ability. What, what do they do then?
5: Well, you know, I, I, I'd recommend, you know, you take the time, you just kind of plan it out. Um, it, it depends what product you're switching to. But if you're if you're switching to, you know, from a group two product into post-emerging canola, uh, canola can be pretty sensitive. So, so to me, that, that, that time step
4: is critical. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. Canola and its beautiful bright yellow flower blankets the prairies every growing season with 20 million plus acres. There's one place you need to go to get all your canola agronomic information canolaschool.com. That's where you'll find all you need to know about seeding, disease, weeds and insects, harvest and marketing. Engaging and in informative content all at your fingertips when you need the information. Visit canolaschool.com brought to you by Invigor Hybrid Canola and BSF Canada.
0: The official 620 CKRM Farm Weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland. Get ready for seating with New Holland equipment from Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352 1866. The 620 CKRM Farm Weather Forecast. Partly cloudy today, 30% chance of showers this afternoon and evening with risk of a thunderstorm. Wind northwest 30, the high today 22, the low 8. Tomorrow, mainly sunny, wind northwest 20 becoming northeast 20. The high Thursday 24, the low 6. Friday, sunny, windy, the high 26, the low 16. Saturday, sunny and windy, the high 32. The low, 19. Sunday, cloudy, 60%. Chance of showers. The high, 24. The low, 13. Monday, partly cloudy. The high, 24. The low, 13. Tuesday, partly cloudy. The high, 25. Normal high for this date, 23 degrees. The normal low, 9. The sun rose at 4.47. This morning, it sets at 9.09 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Yorkton at 22. The cold spot up north, Collins Bay, at 4 degrees. Estevan is 19. Saskatoon 2 and 21. Swift Current and Weyburn both 19. Yorkton, as I said, the hot spot 22. In Regina, cloudy and 20. That's 68 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 20, gusting to 36. Humidity 41%. The barometer dropping 101.4. Cloudy and Moose Jaw 20 degrees. Winds are from the northwest at 21, gusting to 53. Once again, Regina, cloudy and 20. That's 68 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com and Sask Municipal Hail Insurance. SMHI, crop hail insurance at cost. Operated by farmers for farmers. Online or connect with an agent. Storms are unpredictable. SMHI isn't. SMHI.ca. Manitoba's weekly crop report says spring seeding is 96% complete. Manitoba agriculture crop specialist Dane Fraze says some of the 2019 harvest is still being taken off.
6: As unfortunate as it is to say harvest in spring, we are glad that it's wrapping up. And there's only a few fields still remaining out there, primarily in the southwest region.
0: Fraze says southwest Manitoba has had a rough fall and spring.
6: But southwest had a set of challenging conditions, probably a little bit more than most, uh, Beginning in last fall, as crop was left out and and soil was saturated and quite wet, as we moved forward into 2020. Uh, Spring came and those soil moisture conditions and saturated soils were still there, uh, leading to a lot of farmers struggling to be able to get out into the field. And coupled with the topography of the region, those rolling hills and those telescopes, uh, slough areas, things like that, that had uh, extremely saturated soils and did not support machine traffic just really limited the opportunity for farmers to get out in the fields and get that field work done.
0: Fraze says seeding in southwest Manitoba is 80 to 85% complete, should wrap up quickly. He says spraying is underway in southwest parts of Manitoba.
6: Herbicide applications have been done in the winter cereals, fall, rye, and winter week, uh, since they're now at the flag leaf stage and starting to head out. Uh, The spring cereals have had herbicide applications where possible, but wind conditions have really limited uh, good spray days until now.
0: Fraze says there's been some crop damage already in southwest Manitoba.
6: Uh, flea beetles are still an ongoing concern, uh, as are cutworms in some locations, so producers and agronomists are reminded to be vigilant when scouting, uh, knowing what their damage thresholds are and, and taking appropriate action.
0: Fraze adds there's been some crop damage in northwest Manitoba.
6: There's been some fairly significant wind damage in in some canola crops uh, specifically. Those high winds from last week uh, moved a fair bit of uh, soil across the landscape and that caused some windburn and some sandblasting on some of those more sensitive crops. So some reseeding has been done in that area as well as reseeding due to uh, emerged canola that was buried under soil. Uh, So that was a bit of an issue in the Swan River Valley region. Other parts of the region have seen crops emerge and grow fairly well. Um, The cereals are rated in 90 to 100% excellent condition which is great to see and other, other crops are not far behind. There has been some issue with forage regrowth and alfalfa growth. There has been periodic frosts and really cool overnight temperatures that have limited hay growth. So that's really going to put a damper on first cut hay yields and forage availability for livestock.
0: Fraze says topsoil moisture conditions in Manitoba are rel- relatively good. Dane Fraze is a crop specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by YAC Auctions. The first name you should think of in the auction business. Call 782 Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were showing upward movement during the past week. Provincial cattle specialist Leah Clark says there were several factors pushing up cattle markets.
7: Feeder steer prices were steady to higher this week, with the smallest increase for the six to seven hundred pound steers, with an increase of three dollars and twenty nine cents per hundredweight compared to last week, to average two hundred and thirteen dollars and seventy nine cents per hundredweight. The eight to nine hundred pound steers had the largest increase of $9 per hundredweight over the last week to bring that price to $183.50 per hundredweight. Due to low data in Saskatchewan feeder heifer reported prices for only three categories this week, the five to 600 pound heifers increased $4.30 to average $197 per hundred weight. The prices increased $4.26 per hundred weight for the six to seven weights to average $184.56 per hundred weight, and the price for those seven to eight hundred pound heifers was $174.75 per hundred weight, which was an increase of just over $4 per hundred weight.
3: And what were the factors that seem to be pushing up prices a bit?
7: I think we're just seeing positive indicators in those futures markets. We're looking at huge positives with the slaughter capacity and backlog of cattle moving through to be moved in time for those these feeder cattle to be ready for slaughter.
3: What were marketings?
7: Canfax reported a total of 3,980 head of cattle were sold in Saskatchewan this week, down from 5,299 head the previous week, and less than 5,800 head marketed during the same time last year. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? Prices of live non-fed cattle in Alberta was steady to slightly decrease compared to the previous week. Just on limited volumes, the price of D2 slaughter cows decreased $1 per hundredweight to average $87.03. The price of D3 slaughter cows increased $0.08 per hundredweight from the previous week to average $77.22 per hundredweight. The average price of live sears in Alberta was $146.41 per hundredweight. This was up just over $2 per hundredweight from last week. And there was a widespread of rail grade prices that continued this week with prices reported from $223.50 to $253.50 per hundredweight.
3: What were the U.S. factors influencing the market?
7: We're still seeing kind of the same effects, but maybe just not as strong so slaughter capacity has increased. We're seeing those futures markets show improvement, uh, actually week over week now. And so just lots of positive indicators holding these prices higher or steady.
0: Leah Clark compiles the weekly cattle report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia, and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were showing upward movement in early trading today. Viterra's prices for canola rose three dollars at 437.28. Number one red spring wheat gained a dollar fifty-seven at 226.86. All the rest were unchanged today. Durham 266.39. Feed barley one hundred ninety one seventy one. Flax five hundred nineteen dollars seventy nine cents. Lentils six thirty eight fifty. Oats two sixty four sixteen. Yellow peas two hundred fifty seven eighty nine. And feed wheat one hundred seventy two eighty eight. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, July spring wheat rose two and a half cents at five twenty six and three quarter cents a bushel. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Assiniboia and Weyburn Livestock Auctions. Call Assiniboia 642-4180 or Weyburn 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Now, the latest Livestock Quotations.
8: Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Mark Report for Wednesday, June the 10th. A very good run here. 925 in the sort with 525 cows and bulls, a total of 1450 for the day. A huge amount of cows moving right now at every market, causing some downward pressure on these cows. D1, D2 cows 70 to 80, sales to 82, 83, D3 cows 60 to 70. Good bulls 107 to 117, sales to 124, 125. On to the pre sort sale. This is our last pre sort of the season. Regular sales from now on. Some highlights on the steer side, 500 pound black steers, 243, 550 pound black steers, 236, 650 pound black steers, 224. My favorite pen, 700 pound black steers at 202, 800 pound red black exotic steers at 185. Here's some one owner packages from the bombing ranch at Calder, 850 pound steers at 181.75. Their 950-pound steers topped out at $175 at $1,662 apiece. And 1,040-pound steers at 157 Good job to Harley and the gang at Calder. On to the heifer side. 500-pound heifers, $207. 550s, $205. 650 pounds heifers, $185. 725 pounds heifers, $175. 800 pounders at 164 And the big girls, 900-pounders... Heifers at 153. Like I mentioned before, this was our last pre-search sale of the season. It's all regular sales from now on. Regular sale- sales mean receive on Tuesday from 8 to 8. Cows and bulls sell Wednesday mornings at 8 o'clock, followed by feeder cattle. We stop at 11 o'clock to sell pears if we have some. Our next sheep, lamb and goat sale will be Friday, June the 26th. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I am Harvey Exner. Stay safe, everyone, and have a good day.
0: Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices.
9: Hams sold 7,900 hogs Tuesday, selling in a range of 127 to 161 per ckg. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,000 head, selling in a range of 124 to 157 per ckg. Hams' number one sows this week are selling in the range of 19 to 25 cents per pound live weight. Hams' cash hog price today is down, and forward contract prices open lower this morning. On Tuesday the Canadian dollar is down 22 basis points with the daily exchange rate at 1.3423. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 74.71 cents U.S. Slaughter capacity over the past couple days is currently estimated to be around 85 percent relative to pre-COVID-19 levels and until such time throughput recovers to numbers seen before the virus disruption pressure will remain on the negotiated cash markets. Plant utilization is increasing more swiftly than first estimated but is still well off the pace seen earlier and of course overlooks the current backlog of hogs on farms that also needs to be addressed. Cutout values are once again lower compared to previous day, led by loins that saw a one-day drop of $6.21 a hundredweight. Using Marketing Week 20's weekly average cutout price as the high value benchmark and comparing it to today's data, the cutout is 39.8% lower than four weeks ago. Lean hog futures are seeing some volatility this morning. At the open, the trade turned immediately lower for all offered contracts, but has recovered somewhat as a mid-trade. The only notable event futures markets appear to be pricing in is a potential return to a more normal marketing environment in 2021. But of course, that is highly speculative today. Coming up,
0: the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. The head of the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development says it's likely the most uncertain and dramatic outlook in its history. The Paris-based organization says the COVID-19 crisis has triggered the worst global recession in nearly a century. And it warns the pain is not over yet, even if there is no second wave of infections. In the best-case scenario, it's forecasting a global drop in economic output of 6% this year and says that figure will rise to 7.6% in the event of a second wave. COVID-19 has changed consumer behavior dramatically. The path of the pandemic was traced fairly closely by the closure of Tiffany & Company stores across the globe. Revenue in the Asia-Pacific tumbled 46% during its most recent quarter, then in Europe by 40%, then in the Americas by 45%. The famed jeweler swung to a $105 million operating loss. Some of that spending may be shifting Gardening and yard work is gaining a lot of new adherents during lockdown with so many sheltered at home. Scott's Miracle Grow now expects sales growth of 16 to 18 percent this year, far beyond earlier projections for 6 to 8 percent growth. Shares recently hit an all time high. On the markets, Canada's main stock index posted a triple digit decline in late morning trading as the financial and industrial sectors led a broad-based decline, while U.S. stock markets were mixed. The TSX Composite Index was down 169 points at 15,664. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 192 points at 27,079. The Canadian dollar traded at 74.59 cents U.S. compared with 74.50 cents Tuesday. The July crude oil contract was up six cents at 38.25 a barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at $1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming.